Previously, we've liked a few good men and handled the truth of the social network. Or maybe the other way around. Regardless, it's time for the Sorkin Off. The American President versus Charlie Wilson's War. This is episode 31 of Have You Seen? Hello one and all and welcome to Have You Seen? It is indeed episode 31. I am Kieran Lefort and opposite me spilling Red Bull every which way is Tom Webb. Hello. <laughs> have you wrung out the tablecloth? I have, yeah. Excellent, yeah, good. Yeah. It's okay though because the, the Red Bull's just my my pre-podcast energy boost and mm-hmm. I have a, 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 a drink to drink throughout the podcast. Well, well I, so. I have a theory as to why last week's went off the rails at the end. Right. I don't think it was just the heat. Right. I think it was because I switched from my traditional podcast booster of dr pepper right to ginger beer right okay and i guess it probably doesn't have the same potency so it ran out uh, towards ran out, the okay. end uh, what did you have today of dr pepper okay. I'm, I'm experimenting okay well i've had, i've had i've finished off a can of red bull i've got a bottle of mountain dew energy sitting in front of me and i've just polished off a packet of haribo fizzy cola bottles oh, so. <laughs> I'm all good to go. You might have noticed we don't care about not mentioning brand names <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. Nobody's going to sponsor this mess, no. especially after last week. No. So, yes, it's the Sorkin off. It uh, is, yeah. We, this came about because we discovered we had each seen an Aaron Sorkin scripted movie that the other hadn't. Yeah. So we pitched them last week, and mm-hmm. this week we're going to review them. We are indeed. What order do you want to do it in? Uh, I think, well, let's start with the American president, uh, seen as chronologically that came first. Okie dokie. Uh, so why don't you recap the whole premise? Uh, sure. Um, the president is a single widower who falls in love. It's uh, it's it, it's as close as Aaron Sorkin's going to get to a romantic comedy in that it's both romantic and comedic, um, and it's from a uh, a what if by uh, posited by Robert Redford, which was I've now forgotten ex- what his exact words were, um, uh, but it's uh, yeah it's the. We're off to a cracking start this week, can't we? I can't even blame the ginger beer. It's just, it must just be me. Yeah. Um, He's not even hot this week. No, I know. Um, yeah, it's what. Uh, how would the president go about courting? He's the most powerful man in the world. How does how does someone get into his life? Mm-hmm. And how does he let them in, I suppose? Yeah. Um, it predates the West Wing. Yeah. Uh, and kind of serves as a good primer and setup for that show, really. I described it last week as West Wing at about sixty percent yeah. capacity. Yeah. Um I should probably go through all the who it stars and all that kind of business. More notes would help, wouldn't they? Yeah, Be- being better prepared for this show. <laughs> Absolutely. Would, yeah. 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 Yeah, we can tell who the major players are. Okay, well, um the president is Michael Douglas. I nearly forgot then. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Michael Douglas is Andrew Shepard. He is the uh, Amer- American president of the title. Annette Benning is the um now she's a lobbyist, she's a lobbyist. She's environmental yeah. lobbyist. Yes, we yeah. took a while last week to kind of spit out exactly yeah. what she was. It's because American politics is confusing and complicated. Yes. Yeah, um, that makes no. You sense. You have able support from Martin Sheen, Michael J. Fox, yeah, uh, Richard Dreyfuss, Samantha mm-hmm. Mathis. There's a veritable list of yeah. There's loads of people turning up in it. Exactly. Um, so I shall stop babbling, and yeah. Tom can talk and tell us what he thought of the American president. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed it. Good. Um, my initial kind of thought is that it is effectively a mashup film of mm. The West Wing and Pretty Woman. Yes, but with less hookers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, uh, <laughs> so, so is Charlie Wilson's <laughs> War. What with it featuring Julia Roberts I suppose. and more boobs than uh, uh, the <laughs> yeah. American president. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very. It's it's kind of. Um, it's kind of weird. It's a weird political. A political romantic comedy, yeah, which is 
kind of odd in its way, really, but it works very well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you if you've seen the West Wing or are a fan of the West Wing, then there's so much that got transferred over. Yeah, like I think storyline fans would get and, the most out of this. Yeah, film. absolutely. I mean, there were there were like like you mentioned last week, there were names that they were referencing of people. There were storylines that got pulled into the into mm. the West Wing uh, plot lines. Um, also, and also cast members turning up. Yes, uh, we mentioned last week eleven people plus Sorkin, who has a cameo. Yeah, uh, all made it over and appeared on screen in the West Wing. Yeah, the um, uh, the, for the first thirty minutes, I was con- constantly assuming that like Richard Schiff or or Bradley Whitford were going to walk through one of the doors, and yeah. then, then like Michael J. Fox would walk in with their dialogue, and yeah. I'd be like, well, it's the same on. set. Yeah, it, it's the it's same just, set that got transferred over to that show. Yeah, it, it, so that kind of freaked me out for mm. the first bit. But once you get over that kind of, like, this is really odd. Did you keep expecting Martin Sheen to get all presidential? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Because he's the chief of staff Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, in this. And, and I, yeah, the first time I saw it, I couldn't separate him from being the president. I couldn't understand his demotion, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 was, I, was, I can understand why they didn't do it. It would have been a neat trick if they could have crossed that over to the West Wing. Yeah, I guess so. So his character then went on to become president. But I yeah. suppose it would have negated a load of the better plot lines they eventually yeah, did come yeah, up yeah. with. Um, I think it, it, its weakest moments mm. are when Annette Benning goes all uh, gooey-eyed teenager. Yes. Uh, which I suspect, like we've said before, is a bit of a Rob Reiner influence. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing is really interesting because you, you know, you can tell Aaron Sorkin has a particular style of being very uh, in-depth in his research and getting things very accurate and stuff mm. like that. So this is kind of interesting seeing him do it in confi- in the confines of a of a genre movie that isn't a genre he would normally deal with. Yes. Um, you know, so how he, how he puts his unique take and style on a romantic comedy. And mm. I mean, I think that Michael Douglas handles the political side of it and the comedy really, really well. I think he's a, he makes a pretty believable president yeah, he does yeah and he gets some he gets some really good lines and he gets some of the best comedy deliveries as well yeah um i like the whole thing about there's a running joke that he can't order flowers yes yeah i said it, last week watch out for any scene with flowers yeah. i think there's three there are key yeah. scenes with flowers, and they're all they're all brilliant the, yeah. the first one where he tries to ring up the florist <laughs> yeah, is brilliant absolutely yeah and the payoff to that yeah. Is when he finally gives her roses and she where did you get them? He said, Well, I discovered I've got a rose garden, yeah. which I yeah, thought yeah. was a really, you know, really nice little touch. Mm. Um on the whole, it really just made me want to watch all the West Wing again. Yeah. Um just because I enjoy you get to really enjoy the back and forth between all the the, the various people involved mm. and, and that kind of um almost confrontational style of dialogue. It makes you want a series and yeah. thankfully there's seven seasons <laughs> of it already available. Absolutely, yeah. Um what else have I got in my notes? Yeah, the I think the one thing that it doesn't do as well as West Wing, but is understandable given that it's a two-hour movie, not a seven-season series, mm. is the political processes aren't quite as clear. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, you know, that might just be because we're not Americans and don't live under that system. No. But and as we said, American politics is confusing. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's everything seems to be done in a very kind of strange way. Yes. Um. So yeah, that was the only thing that there were a few moments where I think if I hadn't seen the West Wing, I would have been completely clueless. Yeah. And even having seen it, I was still a bit like, hang on, what? Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, I kind of vaguely remember that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
So yeah, overall, really enjoyed it. And I think uh, if people tried to watch The West Wing but couldn't get into it, watch this mm. and then go back yeah, to that. It's, okay, like we said, it's a soft, yeah, a soft version, like a like a, an extended pilot. I yeah, guess. yeah, pretty much. It, I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, does this feel more like uh, the the film, the movie they made of the series, or? the the movie that kicked off the series. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. You know, sometimes when you get a TV show that, you know, they'll give it a big budget, bring in big players, and and completely redo a, mm. a screen version. If it, it kind of felt like that in some ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, really, really enjoyed it. Excellent. Yeah. That's about it, really. Yay. <laughs> uh, I have a veritable plethora of alternative titles for the American president okay. as it was translated around. A lot of places just called it the American president. Yeah. I mean, it kind of says everything you need to know, really. Isn't it? Yeah. However, in Argentina, it was my dear president. In Spain, the president of Miss Wade. Right. In Italy, the president, a story of love. <laughs> in Portugal, an evening with the president. Right. And from here on is where they start to get more interesting. Okay. In Japan, it's perfect couple. Right. In Poland, it's President the American. Okay. In Denmark, President of Courting, <laughs> right. which is vaguely pornographic. Yeah. In Hungary, Love is in the White House, which is even <laughs> more pornographic. And then finally, you will not want to take okay. a sip of that before I say this. In Germany, it's Hello, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And it's Hello, H-A-L-L-O. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Uh, I have a little bit of customer feedback. These were just a couple that made me laugh. Um, there are no bad reviews of this film. Uh, it was all four and five star reviews. Mm -hmm. This film should have been awful, but is nearer to a classic. Michael Douglas gives another top-notch performance startlingly similar to all his other performances. Rather than the criticism, spelt wrong, an acknowledgement that Michael Douglas knows what he's good at and does it very well. Douglas and co-star Annette Benning create the irresistible on-screen chemistry and illuminate an enchanting tale. In reality, The American President is more of a modern fairy tale than realistic drama. Leaves you a little sad that that is the case. I think that cool. might have been foreign. Yeah. And from the start, you can see the storyline coming a mile off. But then can't you in any rom-com? Yet the American president... Oh, wait, hang on. There's no punctuation in this. Let's right. start again. From the start, you can see the storyline coming a mile off. But then can't you in any rom-com? Yet the American president manages to exceed all expectations and still have you rooting, routing, it says here, <laughs> for the two to get it together. The pair have a real chemistry on screen. It's definitely Douglas's finest romantic comedy to date. There's a full stop. Rejoice. You can't help but want to watch Ott over and over again. We all need a good fashioned, old fashioned sweep you off your feet romantic ending once in a while. Cool. And so, to Charlie Wilson's War? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about the little bit of feedback we had to the red balloon? Uh, is it on your phone that you've left in the other room? No, my phone is right His here. His phone is right there. Yeah, okay, yeah. We did have a, we had a little, uh, um, it, was a, it was a tweet, but it was a very long tweet. Ah, the, um, uh, the wonders of Twit Longer. It is, yeah. Which I um, cannot get to work with my phone. No, I don't either. understand how people use it. No, I don't either. Um, but it's from Phil Austin uh, mm -hmm. letting us know what he thought of the Red Balloon. So, uh, like Tom, I fondly remember watching the Red Balloon uh, as a childhood. That's not right, Phil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you meant as a child. Uh, and I would have, uh, I would have seen it in black and white and with no subtitles. Weird. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed watching it again. It's beautiful, touching, hypnotic, sad, and somewhat horrific when it all goes Lord of the Flies. And I'd actually forgotten the beautiful ending, which must have inspired Up. 
Uh, watching as an adult, I noticed little touches. Uh, the woman moving the boy back as the bus approaches. Uh, the guy in the shop window on the ladder. Um, the way the balloon seems to ca uh, capture the steam from the train. Uh, the opening shot, too, uh, is beautiful. It really is a twit longer, isn't it? Yeah, it is very long. Yeah, yeah. hang on. <laughs> he knows we've got an email address, right? Yeah. Uh, and with the lack of CGI and other modern effects, I was still amazed at the way they controlled the balloons. Uh, masterfully done, and thank you, for to uh, Tom, for getting me in touch, uh, getting me to watch this again. I'm jumping all over the place with this. Um, it may even be the first time I've seen it in colour. Oh, and if uh, you didn't smile when red met blue, then you have no heart. I think that's that's pretty fair, yes. yes. That's, yeah. uh, particularly that last sentence, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So... From balloons on to Charlie Wilson's war. Yes. Do you want me to recap Ex explain it? Explain the war of Charlie Wilson. Okay, I'll probably try and explain it in a bit more in depth than I did last time. Sure. Um, this may include a short history lesson if I've got my facts right. And if you haven't, it would be an entertaining <laughs> piece of fiction. Yeah. Okay, so um, Charlie Wilson's war is the story of a congressman... A man who didn't speak directly into the microphone. Sorry. Okay, take two. Uh, Charlie Wilson's war is uh, the story of Charlie Wilson, who was a congressman... And uh, he was on uh, an appropriations committee, and the point of which is to uh, find money within the U.S. budget and apportion it to certain projects. And the one that he was involved with was for effectively CIA black ops. Mm -hmm. um, he was a very kind of likable person, and he he was one of those sorts of people who would do lots of favors for people, and then collect IOUs basically yeah. um, so he's a bit it, of a, that's a line mentioned in the film isn't yeah. it I'm, the, yeah, I'm okay. the congressman with the most IOUs in yeah. the party yeah. yeah so he was kind of almost like a vote for hire in, in, in some respects yeah. but with a bit more integrity than that I think um, and he was in he was in office around the time of the war in Afghanistan that started in the 80s um, basically what happened then was the communist USSR moved south into Afghanistan uh, with it's kind of muted although it never really proven that the idea was to keep moving south towards the oil rich Middle East mm -hmm. um, and of course this is during the height of the Cold War the Americans can't really retaliate because nothing has happened directly to the US and if they do it could spark you know the Cold War, t Cold War turning hot and nuclear Yes, we're into that weapons. complicated American politics again, exactly. we, in a slightly different way. Yeah, um, so they're kind of left with only one option, and that is to try and arm the indigenous peoples of Afghanistan, mm. who are the Mujahideen. Mm -hmm. I think I, was, I said that right. Close enough. Um, yeah, uh, good and my uh, my interpretation of Chinese vampires the last yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, um, and the way they do that is to find people that make Russian that make Russian style weaponry, and then pass them off. Yes. to the rebels and train them in various techniques. Um, and it's the only time in history that the uh, USSR were defeated uh, in in the uh, in a war arena. Mm -hmm. um, so it's quite a significant series of events. Uh, and it was all done... That would eventually bite the US in the ass when they had to absolutely. go fight Afghanistan yeah. who were using the weapons that they armed exactly. them with in yeah. the first place. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean... The uh, the Afghans that they armed and trained eventually went on to become the Taliban, mm. uh, and one would assume Al Qaeda as well. Yes. Um, so that's one of the things I really like about this film. I'll say this up front: is the fact that it doesn't talk about that at all. 
it doesn't it doesn't cover any history between the the end of the movie and now yeah uh, so you're you're it's it's left up to you to realize what actually went on to happen mm. and how they could have prevented it or well, not necessarily prevented it but certainly have changed it mm. um so that's kind of the rough history lesson um, it stars Tom Hanks as Charlie Wilson, uh, Julia Roberts as uh, Joanne Herring, who's kind of this the sixth richest woman, woman in, in Texas. Texas. Yeah, yeah. so she, you know she she helps him with fundraisers and that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as uh, Gust Afrikotos. I can never get that name yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And someone calls him Paradopolopolis at some point, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his face at that point yeah. is priceless. Yeah. Um, and Amy Adams uh, pops up as Bonnie Buck and. Um, I think Emily Blunt turns there's a up in bunch a cameo of little, as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole uh, a load. Uh, Ken Stott shows yes, up. Uh, yeah. uh, Ompuri yeah. is the president of Pakistan. There's lots of yeah. little roles. Uh, and I get uh, most of them from Brits, uh, which yeah. I think must be the Mike Nichols influence. I would think so, yeah. It was directed by Mike Nichols. Yes. Yeah. So overall, what did you think of it? Overall, I think this is my least favourite Sorkin so far. Really? Yeah. Wow. I really wanted to like this and didn't yeah. as much as I thought really? I would. No, I really it like it. It's I one of my favourites. I was put off from the start by the unskippable four-minute UNICEF commercial. Oh, that yeah, that annoys the, the hell out of me. I yeah. meant to warn you about that. Yeah. And, I completely and is then immediately followed by the you wouldn't steal a toaster um, yeah. anti-piracy ad that's on pretty much every UK DVD. Yeah. So if I want to watch, watch it again, what I might do is rip the DVD, put it on my media centre, yeah. and then watch it without any of that rubbish to start yeah. with. Yeah, I hate that. I hate the they fact didn't, that... It's unscippable, yeah. unstoppable, unpausable. Yeah. It's you can't fast-forward it, nothing. No, nothing. You just have to sit yeah. and listen to Gwyneth Paltrow bleat at you. Sorry. Good. That's a mic kick. Um, yeah, you have to listen to Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. for four minutes. Yeah. Thankfully, the mute button is... I'm not... It makes me sound so heartless. I know it's a, it's no. a very good cause... But it does not endear you to them when you are forced to watch four minutes of this cause. Absolutely, I I think it's a uh, it's yeah, I think it's really bad Mm. that they do something like this because it really puts you off. Yeah, the same as being jumped out in the street by a bloke with a bucket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 I hate that sort of thing. Anyway, to the actual film. Yes, uh, there's plenty in here to like. Yeah, but overall, I didn't. It didn't chime with me. Okay, that's Um, interesting. Some things that stuck out. What were the helicopter massacre scenes all about? Right. They uh, they look misjudged, out of place, badly produced. Yeah, well, it's kind of... of them. The war scene, they look cheap, tacked on, and almost like a parody. Yeah, there's. The, I think actually what lets it down is the CGI on the, the helicopters. Yeah. It's pretty poor. It just... Um, this, this movie costs $75 million. Yeah. Still looks like TV and has crap special effects in it like that. Yeah, but that's because they've got Julia Roberts and Tom Hanks in it, who yeah, probably I guess took well, up... Well, that's $40 million gone, isn't it? Well, probably more than that, yeah. I think. Um, so... Uh, you know, I think they. You know, some of the footage is genuine footage, and some of it yeah. isn't. So, yeah, you know. I don't. I just we talked about how the Damned United managed to um, combine uh, documentary, not the right word, yeah. footage from yeah, the time. That's right, yeah. and shoot some stuff with the actors and mesh it yeah. fairly well. And this yeah. doesn't at all. The, no. the it all kind of sticks out. And yeah, they seem to only be in there to get the movie up to ninety minutes because it right. barely scrapes to ninety minutes yeah, before yeah. it cuts to the credits. Yeah. Um, so they kind of rankled with me a bit. They right. annoyed me quite a lot. Sorry, my iPad screen keeps rotating. <laughs> okay, there we go. At least not asking me to rate an app this week. <laughs> um, yeah, 
I really wish I'd open this show with a line that uh, shows up at the beginning of this, What's which that? is, ladies and gentlemen of the clandestine services. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, uh, and on top of those helicopter scenes, the opening title sequence is awful. Which opening title sequence? Well, there you go. It's a silhouette of an yeah. Afghan man kneeling down, and he prays, and he puts a rocket launcher on his shoulder, turns directly towards the camera, and fires a very bad CG rocket, which turns into a bad CG explosion, which turns into an awful title treatment. Right, okay. It looks like something out of a Bush campaign video. Right. It, terrible. Yeah. Utterly terrible. Um, it took me a while to tune into Tom Hanks's accent and demeanour. Yeah, he's I kind think, of it's laid back Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, I think this is one of those times where he doesn't feel like he's Tom Hanks. No, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned about how you uh, almost actively liked Julia Roberts in yeah, this film. Yeah, I barely noticed her. Well, yeah, that's to be probably honest, why I liked she, her. Yeah, maybe because she shows up early on, yeah. disappears for forty minutes, and then come back, comes back a bit later yeah. towards the end. Yeah. And to be honest, she probably could have been played by anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, but the script got to her agent who went, hang on, Julia wants this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what can I say? What can I say? I've got, I've raced through most of my notes already. <laughs> um, the, as you pointed out last week, the first scene between Hanks and Hoffman is brilliant. Yes. The, the farce as yeah. he keeps being asked to leave the room. Yeah. And the payoff to that scene is <laughs> really good. I laughed yeah. out loud. Yeah, there's a few points in which I laugh out loud in this film. Usually usually when Philip Seymour Hoffman's on screen. Yes. Um, he, I, I think one of my notes is I, I would love to see a film just about his character. Yes. Like, I mean, there's a bit when he's first introduced, it's the scene where he's being told he's not give, being given the job in Helsinki. Yes. After he's spent three years learning, learning Finnish. <laughs> And I was just like, I'd love to see him in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that that whole scene and the payoff to that scene is yeah. really good as well. And as you said, the moment where someone uh, mispronounces his name in the <laughs> desert yeah. is... Uh, he uh, he was probably the best thing about this. He was my yeah. favourite thing about this, yeah. I think. Um, man, this didn't. This really didn't make the impression on me I thought it would. Really? No. It's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting because I, 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 I really like it. It's one of my favorites. I couldn't get with it. Like I said, I think I might have been put off by the Paltrow stuff at yeah. the beginning. Yeah, I, yeah, I hated that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'll watch it. I'll give it a few weeks, a few months, and I'll watch it again, I think. Yeah, I do because I, what I like about it is the fact that it's tonally it's quite easy to watch, yet the messages and the kind of overriding politics and themes are, I think are really interesting and have quite a big impact on what's going on today that uh, on that note the see, actually one of the things that really chimed with me is towards the end mm. where you see him he's previously been sat around a table with all these guys yeah. who are willing to throw money at him for weapons and yeah. then he goes in and asks for a, uh, oh, they get it up to like a billion, billion dollars for weapon yeah. he starts he, off we should mention this he starts off with five five million yes is given to the uh, this particular black op yeah. whatever it is uh which turns out to be funding the the mujahideen and taliban in yeah. afghanistan uh he immediately makes a phone call and gets it doubled uh he then gets he does it, it without even making the phone call a guy walks in and he just says double it yeah double it yeah and um he then kind of bumps it up a bit more a bit more mm. until he gets it up to like 100 million then he gets it to 500 million and then by the by the height and the success finish of the war mm. they've they've raised a, a effectively billion a billion dollars yeah and then uh and then you see him around the same table yeah almost empty yeah and they won't give him a million dollars to renovate a school yeah yeah and that's the key to this story yeah. is the fact that um 
there's the quote at the end which I meant to write down so I could read it out verbatim and I've completely forgot. Um, but it's basically the, the the quote on the screen at yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah, it's got a naughty word in it. I wouldn't have let you read it. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, but I know what you, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 basic essence of that quote is that they went to all these lengths to stop the Russians, but then they completely screwed up everything else after that. Mm-hmm. They they did the military job and got out. And they didn't stay to fix things afterwards, which they could have done. Political statement deleted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what else did I like? I liked Emily Blunt not wearing very much. Yeah. She's not around for long, but neither <laughs> are, are her clothes. Yeah. Um, I was quite disappointed she didn't come back, actually, clothed or oh, otherwise. She does. She's in oh, the, she's she's in the, uh, yeah, party, she's in the party at the very end. Yeah, I get the her. feeling there's probably about an hour of extra scenes that are missing from this film. Really? Yeah. I, don't, I haven't looked on the DVD to see if no, there are deleted scenes. I I and that, that thought only just kind of yeah. occurred to me now, because there are so many of those kind of small peripheral characters that yeah. you think could come back and mm-hmm. have something to do with something, but yeah. they just... They don't. Like I said, it doesn't. It barely gets to ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. Which I think, as I said, I think is why those helicopter scenes were inserted. Right. That that feels like the hand of producer, right? Or the hand of studio saying yeah. we need we need some brown people getting shot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe. So yeah. Um. I feel I. I don't feel it was bad. I don't feel it was good. I don't really feel anything about it. Oh, that's a shame. There's bits. There's bits I like in it a lot. There's, yeah. Uh, and. Uh, but overall, it didn't make an impression. So what I'll do is I'll leave it for a bit and I'll watch it again. Yeah, yeah do. And if cause... I do get around to watching it again, maybe I'll talk about it on the show a bit more. Yeah, no, do because I, I, you know, I think it is really worth watching. You know, just because there's so much stuff that happened that is just absolutely incredible. I mean, mm. for example, Charlie Wilson to get the arms he needed to supply. Mujahideen, mm. he effectively behind closed doors united Pakistan, Israel, and Egypt, which yes. is—I mean—that's impossible. You that's, can't do that. That's a movie in and of itself. Well, exactly, but he did it, yeah. and you know, supplied With the aid of belly dancer. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's kind of like just those little things which they don't—they obviously they cover in the film, but they, mm. you kind of—it's not until afterwards you go. How did he do it? I do wonder exactly how much of it is true. Well, like, was it Charlie Wilson and the belly dancer that managed to get those people together? <laughs> well, I, you know, I've heard, I've seen uh, um, interviews with kind of key people mm. from this, I think, including Charlie Wilson. And um, the overriding thing is that it's pr- pretty much as close as it can be mm. without. I did li- read, you know. Uh, I really wish I'd written it down. A great quote from Charlie Wilson. I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, I might be able to remember it. Go for it. You try and see. If- I think the quote he said was that uh, he was asked if he had what he thought of the movie and if he yeah. had any 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 objections. Mm. And he said, he said, if there's anything uh, that I object to in it, it's probably a hundred percent provable. Yes, which was pretty yeah, much yeah, along yeah. the lines. Of, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, he seemed like uh, he seemed like kind of uh, easygoing, kind of well. I guess that real kind of laid back Texan attitude, yeah. you know. And also the fact is, that, I mean, I, I'm assuming he's a Republican, but I've no idea. He says in the film he's a Democrat. Really? Yeah, that's something that I and d- he I didn't noticed. Part at all. of the part uh, something is mentioned that you know he is uh, effectively the first the first man to unite the Democrats behind a Republican leadership. Right. Because this is during the time of Reagan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Because I wasn't sure if that was mentioned in the film or not. And if it was, then it I was, it's a it. real, It's a real little throwaway yeah. line, I think, to uh, to Amy Adams. They're, right. They're just they're in a cor- corridor. 
Yeah, because that would surprise me, given that he's Texan and yeah, there's not many. No, he's so, not, he's not uh, from yeah. Austin. Yeah, which is like the the lone pool of blue in the sea of red. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the only uh, other scenes worth mentioning are when he and Amy Adams first visit the camps in Afghanistan. Yeah, um, at or and or Pakistan, mm. where where the refugees are, mm. um, and you get a series of encounters with local people telling their stories. Mm. And I think that was the point at which, if it had been the Rob Reiner movie, it would have would have been a bit too saccharine and yeah, a maybe. bit too schmaltzy whereas within this I think it was actually done it was touching but done very very well I did wonder actually if it was the Mike Nichols touch that kind of turned me off because I didn't really? think it was Flair's not the word I didn't think it was directed in any particular no, with I, any I know kind of mean. verve or yeah. oomph of any yeah it could have been anyone behind the camera. I, yeah, no, I totally I'm agree I'm not with suggesting, that. you know, like stylish whip pans and all that kind no, of business, no. but yeah, in, I, I know in terms what you mean. of directing actors, I didn't... It, yeah, well, I guess, I mean, if you look at... but then, The said, only Michael Nichols thing, films I can think of are The Graduate and whichever yeah. Harry Potter movie it was he made. He didn't do a Harry Potter didn't movie. Didn't he? Who no. am, I, am I thinking of Mike, somebody else? Then? Mike Newell, you're thinking of. There we go. Yeah. Um, no, he did The Graduate and what else did he, he did do other stuff that I've seen. I can't remember. The only one I can think of that I've definitely seen is The Graduate. Yeah. And he's so nondescript that I got him confused with Mike Newell. (laughs) There we go. Brilliant. Uh, Only one alternative title. Right. It's called Charlie Wilson's War Everywhere, apart from Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, Portugal and Greece, where it's Power Game. (laughs) Really? Yes. Which is another (laughs) Steven Seagal film. No. Um, uh, I have two reviews here, a one star and a five star. Right. Um, the one star fairly well sums up my feelings, although I would give this more than one star right, if okay. I were to. And the yeah. five star is quite, <laughs> I think is quite wide of the mark. Okay. Um, okay, the one star. First impressions first, eh? The DVD opens with a preachy, didactic, unskippable four-minute long clip narrated in twee poetry by Kate Blanchett, I think, telling us in <laughs> essence that HIV is bad. No, Really? <laughs> It's so long that the first time I played the disc, I thought it was the opening of the film, and I recall being surprised that it seemed out of tone with what I assumed would be the rest of the film. It soon became clear that it wasn't, and when I played the disc again to watch the end of the film, it turned out that this blasted promo can't be skipped. I've seen it. It's not told me anything I don't already know. I keep myself informed of what's going on in the world, so why do I need to have this preachy drivel forced on me? Very poor choice. Well, well-intentioned, but poor on the part of the disc editors. On to the film, then. Yeah. I, no, I say I wholeheartedly agree yeah. with that. Uh, no, it's not laugh out loud funny. It's not action packed. It's not the broad comedy that it seems many were expecting. But it is a light, amusing, often contemplative West Wing style political drama. Hardly surprising given its pedigree. It highlights a war and situation that perhaps most people don't know a great deal about, and do, great deal about, uh, and does so in an engaging way. Take it for what it is, not what the blurb makes you expect, and you might enjoy it. That pretty fairly well sums up yeah. my thoughts although I think one star is a bit harsh yeah I think one star is very harsh um, the the five star review um, the dialogue I can't work out hang on before I start I can't work out if this is for real or a bit of a parody someone right. kind of tweaking the nipples of the internet to get a reaction <laughs> right the dialogue is really very sh- you like that metaphor don't you <laughs> uh, the dialogue is really very sharp in places and the slight element of bad language is artistically justified for once <laughs> The pace is right, not frantic, not slushy. We had just the right amount of scene setting in the hot tub with the ladies and partying in the office with the yet nubile yet competent aides. That's why you're the press secretary, boo-boo. Uh, <laughs> just the right combination of 
actual macho CIA and pretty office while a CIA, CIA careerist. Just the right amount of blowing up the commie hel- helicopter gunships, commie strafing civilians, the Afghans fighting back and tanks being terminated. Really great footage, my favourite part. The acting is just professional. Not overblown, no weak members. Weak members? <laughs> Tom Hanks looks genuinely drunk and morose and alone in one or two scenes. <laughs> Julia Roberts still has life in her yet, and there was some guy called Gus in it. I forget what he did. Apparently they changed history. Well, I remember the, uh, the whole of that war as seen via British media, and I got about 1% of the true picture. Not that I ever trusted any of them, then or now. Okay, okay, Fox News is good, the exception that proves the rule. Well, <laughs> I suppose I just have to get the book now. <laughs> That's one of the most bizarre reviews I've bizarre, ever read. Yeah. And so, I guess that's the end of the Sorkin off. Yeah. The one Sorkin movie we haven't seen is Malice, as we were mentioned last that's week. That's right, uh, yeah, yeah. So if anybody out there has seen it, yeah. can write a page of recommendation as to why we should see it and, and pitch it to us, yeah. uh, then please feel free, go ahead. Yeah, um, I know nothing about it. No, absolutely nothing. Uh, podcast at HWA... Uh, oh, God, screwed that up, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Podcast at haveyouseen.net. There we go. There we go. That's the email address to send your, your Malice yes. missive to... Excellent. Um, pitches. Yes. Shall I Yours go first? or mine? Yeah, oh, go for it. Okay. Well, the reason I want to go first is because um, my whole reasoning for pitching this could be usurped by depending on what you pitch me. Right. Okay. Um, it occurred to me that we haven't done a proper like horror movie. Right. You know, we've kind of done things like Battle Royale. Psycho. Yeah, but even That's psychos, psychological thriller, isn't it? Rather than kind yeah. of yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think. I don't think uh, Psycho was ever really intended as a horror. No. I guess. Um, but Although it has inspired many. countless. Absolutely. But I decided to, to pitch you what is right, widely regarded as the first feature-length horror film. Okay. Ever. Okay. So I'm going to pitch you Nosferatu. Aha. I think I know why this has come about. Really? Because I own a copy of it and I haven't seen it. You and do. you know I own a copy of it yeah. and I haven't seen it. Yeah, I I will say I have seen bits of it. Yeah, I think, I think anyone who's studied film will have seen bits. Yeah, of it. yeah I st- I saw bits in the film studies class, and I have previously started to watch it and got interrupted for whatever reason. So I've yeah. seen maybe twenty minutes of it. Yeah, well, basically, I uh, also have the choice of watching it in black and white or sepia, according to my DVD cover. You you do, and I I, I have uh, the DVD for you because I want to make sure you see the correct version. Oh. So despite of me owning a copy, I'm yeah. not, not going to get to watch my own DVD. <laughs> no, just in case your DVD is different okay. to mine. Uh, because there's a f- there are some variations. This is one of those ones like Metropolis that's been cut about all over yeah. the shop, isn't it? So yeah. I want to make sure you see the one that I've seen. That's a very good um, idea. The one that I've got is a BFI DVD release from a few years back. Okay. Um, but... Because originally I, I came across it on Netflix and mm. I started watching it. And, and it was dubbed. <laughs> no, it's not dubbed. <laughs> no, it's not dubbed, but someone has scored it using an old Casio keyboard. Oh, and it's terrible. Lovely. It's so bad. It's, it makes it unwatchable. Like, completely renders it unwatchable. Wow. So the one I've got has got an actual score. You see, I kind of find that about Chariots of Fire, which I think is a really great piece of music yeah. ruined by the use of a keyboard. <laughs> um, so anyway, Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Basically, in the uh, early 20s, F.W. Murnau, German expressionist filmmaker, wanted to make Dracula, the movie. Spoke to Bram Stoker's estate, uh, and his wife just said, "No, you're not. You're not having the rights to it. You're not making a film of it. I don't want any you anywhere near it." <laughs> so what have you done to her? I don't know. So he just decided, fine, I'll change the names, 
adjust the places, make a little little change to the ending, and I'll make it anyway. Okay. Which he did. He then got sued and <laughs> lost. Uh, and he was ordered to destroy every single copy of the film. Right. Uh, which, which I guess he didn't. Well, no, they did. Unfortunately, what they didn't realise is a couple of left the country, mm-hmm. thankfully. Otherwise, it, w- it wouldn't exist. Wow. Yeah. So um, she was quite litigious, old Mrs. Stoker. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's basically the, the plot of Dracula. Okay. Um, and it follows it really quite faithfully. Mm. I mean, there's a few changes. Like I say, um, instead of coming to the UK, he, he goes to Germany. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting watching it now. The, the version that I want you to watch is what's called the tinted version. Okay. Um, and it was one of those films that was widely believed to have been like you, your average... 1920s movie all, all in black and white mm. um, but when they were restoring one of the nitrate copies they found that originally it had been tinted mm. um, so all the daylight scenes are sepia mm. all the nighttime scenes are actually blue mm. uh, the sunset scenes are kind of like a pinkish purplish <laughs> colour a weird combination of sepia and blue <laughs> yeah yeah so it's kind of weird because it's okay. it's almost it's kind of like it's a color film, but it's not at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of an interesting trick because it instantly tells you the time of day. Yeah, and it and it, it was used simply because a lot of the stuff that happens at night they couldn't film at night because the cameras and the film weren't good enough. Yeah. So they had to have daylight, and when you watched it back, it just looked like daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the addition of the blue tint kind of just helps, you know. Helps the, uh, I suppose you could say realism, but it doesn't look real at all. Um, it helps it helps the placing and the setting of the scene, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's it's widely regarded as one of the first ever feature film horrors, if not the first. Um, and a lot of the conventions that are used by F. W. Manor are still used now within horror films. Okay. Um, so kind of j- when you're watching it, you'll you'll see little little tricks and and things like that. Just it's usually more to do with timings mm-hmm. and, and things like that and, and distraction and, and that kind of stuff. You know, lots of horror movies use those all the time. Mm. Um, now, horror movies tend to use a lot of sound to to provide quick, short jolts, yeah. um, which this doesn't do so much because obviously it was a silent movie and scored. Mm. Um, but there are, there are some nice, neat little camera tricks and, and stuff like that. Um, you've got Max Schreck, who plays Graf Olock, who's basically Dracula. Yeah. Uh, who <clears throat> was kind of a really odd, odd man. Count Graf Olock doesn't quite have the same ring, does it? Yeah, no, it's Graf Olock. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I was just being silly. Yeah. <laughs> Max Schreck was an odd man. Yeah, he was. Yes. Um, Paul Walken's character in Batman Returns was named after him. He was, yes. There we go. Um, Fact of the day, people. <laughs> yeah. That pretty much everybody knows. Yeah, uh, I think he was he was pretty much cast because uh, F. W. Murnau found him so ugly to look at he couldn't stop looking at him. <laughs> um, they've made him look even more ugly yes. by giving him pointy ears and some teeth. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, this whole kind of weird urban legend built up around the fact because of his behaviour on set that he might actually be a vampire and begat its own. Semi-fictional movie, didn't it? it? Did. Is it Shadow of the Vampire? Yeah, yeah. With Willem Dafoe? And um, John Malkovich. Yes. Uh, which I've seen and I will watch again. Mm. I uh, haven't seen, but yeah. I always wanted to because I yeah. thought it was such a brilliant idea for it a It is, yeah. So maybe what I'll do is I'll, after you've seen this, I'll watch that again and, and see if it's worth pitchable. See if it's pitchable. All right, pitchable. cool. Um, yeah, so I don't really want to tell you too much else about it because nope. um, it's more just of a... 
I don't know, it's kind of a film history curio in a, in a yeah. way. Um, so I'd be interested to see what you think about it and uh, how you think horror has developed since. Excellent. Okay, so let's play a little word association. Okay. If I was to say to you, sci-fi movie, what's the first one in your head? Oh, uh, 2001, probably. Okay, if I say to you, action movie, what's the first one in your head? Oh, crap. Um, Die Hard. Okay, and if I say to you, monster movie, what's the first one in your head? Jurassic Park. You bastard. <laughs> the correct answer is Godzilla. Oh, excellent. For I am pitching to you the first Godzilla movie, Godzilla. Excellent. Um, much like... Uh, um, the movie you just pitched me that I've forgotten the name already, Nosferatu. <laughs> Brilliant. Wow. <laughs> the, um, this started an entire genre. Yeah. Uh, the Daikaiju genre, mm-hmm. the big, big monster yeah. film. It's the original monster movie. Um, it begat 27 sequels, or they're not strictly sequels, movies in the no, series. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, a cartoon series, a mm-hmm. terrible US 1998 movie, right. a cartoon based on that film. Uh, comics, novels, and inspired bands, albums, and song names. Right. Uh, it's a touchstone of Japanese culture, and there isn't a single human being in the developed world, I think, who hasn't heard of Godzilla. No. And it also has, it begat one of my favorite lines in a film called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, mm. when a guy goes yes. completely mad yes, and he just I screams, I am Godzilla and you are Japan. While <laughs> blasting people with a shotgun. Yeah. Yes. So the, the, the basic plot here is. Uh, a Japanese salvage vessel witnesses a blinding flash, uh, then something sets it on fire, causing it to sink. Uh, the same happens to the ship since rescued the crew and the fishing boat. Three survivors are found who claim the ocean just blew up. Meanwhile, fishing runs dry. Uh, what the hell have I written here? <laughs> okay, meanwhile, fishing on provincial Odo Island runs dry, and the resident crazy old man uh, proclaims it to be the work of an ancient, ancient myth- mythical beast known as Gojira, and Japan right. will find out exactly how right he is. Right. Um, I uh, originally saw this ages ago mm-hmm. uh, and then watched it again recently and I sat through it with a big smile on my face. Really? Yeah, because it's done, it's completely po-faced. Right. It's done absolutely seriously. Yeah. Uh, uh, as if it just was a drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I find it massively charming in its crappiness. Uh, the crashing fire engines in one of the attacks may be one of my favourite special effects of all time (laughs) just because they're so mind-bogglingly awful you cannot help but love them Um, I love the the second attack on Tokyo which sums up everything about Godzilla Uh, it's a bloke in a rubber suit screaming Japanese people running away uh, and crappy but somewhat ingenious model effects Um, yeah what else can I say um uh, America grabbed it two years later and recut it into Godzilla King of the Monsters right? Uh, with new scenes as, uh, of Raymond Burr as an American news reporter explaining the destruction in Japan to Western audiences. Okay. So it's like he's caught up in the okay. attacks. That's quite a clever and idea. And shuffle some scenes about to kind yeah. of make it a bit more westernised. That's, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, that version, if you want to watch it, is available on Netflix. Oh, so that, okay, that's interesting. That's uh, the one that's on Netflix. Yeah. Originally, this version was on Netflix. Right. And this is the DVD I couldn't find, but I've managed to track it down for you. Right, excellent. Um, yeah, it's just a load of fun. Yeah, in a really kind of silly way. Well, my my main kind of connection to Godzilla would be the '80s cartoon with Godzilla and Godzuki. Godzuki, yeah. 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 Um, 
where some like random kids like call on him to help them. Yes, which doesn't seem to fit with the mythology particularly it well. It does. Oh, as the yeah, the move, the character of Godzilla changes throughout right, the movies because okay. he's just he's an allegory for for nuclear destruction. Really, yeah. yeah. He, uh, this is like this is I guess not long after uh, the hydrogen bomb was dropped on Japan. Oh yeah, I guess uh, less. Yeah, less ten years. Two. Yeah, um, and so he kind of taps into all those fears yeah uh uh but then later on he became more of a um more of a good guy character right uh, yeah and would be called upon to defeat other monsters that kind of yeah. he's, he's japan's I protector i know i've seen a bit of one of the 27 films but yeah. i couldn't tell you which one it was i've seen all. some of the american one and it's hideous right yeah oh i've seen all of the american one i saw it in the cinema oh sorry yeah i know that was one of the that was one of the films i wish i'd walked out of it was it was just on TV a few weeks ago, and yeah. I thought I'd just I flicked it on just out of curiosity, and I lasted I think I lasted fifteen minutes yeah. before I had to switch it off. But having said that, you remember a few weeks back, and on when I went to the trip to Hawaii for mm-hmm. the Descendants, uh, one of the locations we went to, which was one of the Jurassic Park locations, also saw Godzilla's footprint. Huh. well there we I go. I might have a photo of it. I'll put oh. it on the blog. Well, there we go. Lovely. Um, if if what I'm saying hasn't sold it to you as a movie to watch how about this where else can you see a love triangle between a paleontologist's daughter a salvage ship captain and a one-eyed scientist (laughs) nice and with that ladies and gentlemen (laughs) i think we should leave absolutely i'm looking forward to that i've been wanting to rewatch well not rewatch but see this properly for a long time Uh, as i have with nosferatu so next week it's uh it's it's a pair of yeah yeah, genre defining classics i guess yeah interesting and so too Plugs and thanks. If I open the right note on my iPad. See, I've gone fully digital this week. Yeah. I've done without paper. And for the most part, it's worked yeah. with the occasional screw-up. <laughs> we are on Twitter at HYS Podcast. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash haveyouseenpodcast. We have a blog, haveyouseen.net, and an email address attached to that blog, podcast at haveyouseen.net. Mm-hmm. Those are always in which you can get in contact with us. Uh, please do yes please do uh, if you have seen any of the films we talked about yeah. in particular this week if you have seen Nosferatu and or Gojira yeah you should uh, you should uh, uh, send us some yeah I, I, I refuse to, I'm, I'm sure some of the people who listen to this must be must have done film courses at some point yes and if you haven't seen Nosferatu one of those you're lying yes absolutely uh, we should thank Upbeat Productions for the use of the studio yeah. and Alexi Imam for his technical expertise yeah the wonderful wizard <laughs> the wonderful wizard of us. Yes. <laughs> and on that terrible pun, yeah, I think it is time pun. to go. It, very much we so. Should, we should flee before Godzilla stamps on this studio <laughs> yeah, with a terrible pun. Absolutely, yeah. I brought oh. destruction upon us. <laughs> yeah. We shall see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.